you'll probably find this for yourself and everyone listening in the areas of your life where you have quite a high level of self-worth, you'll find it really easy to manifest things. They just sort of happen really easily. And in the areas of your life where you feel less deserving of things and your self-worth is a little bit lower, you'll probably find it quite challenging to manifest in those areas. Have you ever wondered whether there's actually a sustainable way to balance a healthy and meaningful life with your busy schedule? Well, you're in luck, Balancer, because I did too. And the Balance Theory podcast is now a dedicated space to be curious in finding a balance that just works. Because since we're being honest here, balance isn't a one-size-fits-all. I'm your host, Erica, and let's dive into today's episode. All right, Balancers, today's guest is the best-selling author of Make It Happen, Higher Love, and her new book, Make You Happen, as well as the host of three successful podcast shows. With her background in journalism, she has built a reputation for taking big topics and making them relatable, digestible, and downright entertaining. She believes that aha moments are contagious and self-awareness is your greatest superpower, which is exactly why I've invited her on the show today, because we also believe in the power of self-awareness. She currently spends her time writing from the sunny coastal town of Byron Bay, a place I love and can't wait to go visit again. And joining <laughs> us today is Jordana Levin. Jordana, a warm welcome to the Balance Theory podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. No, it's really lovely to have you on the show today. How long have you been based in Byron? Um, I'll be pushing five years soon. Yeah, a while wow. now. Yeah. And was it like a, I'm going here temporarily or you knew it was a permanent move? I've lived here a few times on and off. Um, for people that don't know, Byron Bay is like a small coastal town in northern New South Wales. So I grew up in Sydney and work always took me back to Sydney, but I finally found a groove in my life where I can work from anywhere. So yeah, I ended up settling up here. Beautiful. It, it, it's such a nice place. You kind of have the, the beach, but like the nice town and it's got great restaurants and oh, I could go on yeah. and on, but I'm it's, a, to it's a hub it. of activity. Yeah. For a small town, it's like being in the city sometimes actually. Absolutely. Yeah. Look, I actually want to just get straight into the content because I feel like there's so many things I want to ask you. And I was actually sure. speaking with um, our community. So we've got a little free community chat, um, the links in the show notes for anyone that wants to join. But I basically put it out to them and I shared just a couple of the things I wanted to speak to you about today. Um, and so the first question actually comes from a listener and it's how can we develop a trust with our intuition? And I thought the question um was really interesting actually when I thought about it because I think as women especially I think we are naturally more intuitive but I think mm. developing that trust especially if we've gone for such a long period of time or we feel like um, you know we, we haven't leaned into it in the past it's, it's not always easy to feel the intuition and then trust it I think it's two separate things so I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that how can we develop a trust with our intuition? Yeah, look, I have to say, I think intuition is one of the trickiest things to teach people because it really does come down to your personal relationship with your own intuition. And it's different for everybody. Everybody will have a sense of what their intuition feels like according to them and their personal sense of self and how they communicate, how they talk to themselves, all of that sort of stuff. So it's sort of a muscle that we have to keep flexing until we get really used to it and it strengthens. And then, yeah, the second piece of that, like you said, is the trust piece. So mm -hmm. I think, you know, practice makes not perfect, but practice makes better when it comes to intuition. And I think for most of us, especially as women, 
we do have this innate sense of intuition that we've been maybe clouding over or dampening with logic or rationale or other people's expectations of us or society's expectations of us or whatever it might be. Sometimes it's fear or ego that gets in the way of intuition. Mm -hmm. So it's really about peeling all those layers back and coming back to yourself and saying, how do I feel and what do I know? And then really listening to that It'll usually be the first thing that comes up for you. Sometimes you might need to sit with it for a little while, but I think what a lot of us tend to do is we tend to run it past other people first. Well, what do you think? And what do you think? And what should I do? But what would happen if we just sat with ourselves and asked, how do I feel and what do I know to be true? That can often be quite an uncomfortable practice, right, to sit there, especially if the um, intuitive feeling is that you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing or, you know, you, yeah. you shouldn't be in this relationship or you shouldn't be in this job. And so do you kind of have any tips for actually sitting in that moment just to kind of guide people who are maybe wanting to practice doing this a little bit more? Because as you said, often the default is we turn to other people, things outside of ourselves to validate Oh, is what I'm feeling actually true? And obviously yeah. that's that's maybe in moments where we fall out of that trust with our intuition. So for that yeah. practice of sitting there and actually just letting whatever surfaces come up and, and feeling how it feels, any just kind of guidance tips on how to maximise that practice? Yeah, I always, <laughs> this one can be a bit tricky. People either get it or they don't get it, but let's give it a, let's give it a go. It's a feeling, I think, with intuition, it's a feeling of expansion, right? So it's like when we feel into something and we feel like it's the right thing for us, it's a deep knowing, we usually feel quite expanded by the idea of it, right? When it's fear, when it's ego, when it's anxiety, it feels more like the energy is coming from the outside in like it's caving mm. in on us. Yes, it doesn't yeah. feel great, right? When it's coming from the inside out, it's this feeling of expansion. The chest opens, the shoulders drop. We feel lit up at the thought of it, right? And again, it's going to take practice and, and sensing how that feeling resonates with you and what it feels like in your body. I think I always think of children, right? Like kids have really, really, really clear intuition because they don't have enough experience and enough heartbreak yet and enough kind of limiting like limiting beliefs um, limiting <laughs> beliefs that get in the way right they just go with what they feel and what they know so it's almost like bringing not an immaturity to it but a childlike innocence to it where we're mm -hmm. not clouded by yet yeah, our own limiting beliefs our own anxieties our own experience of what's happened in the past and letting that dictate how we move forward yeah, definitely. I, I can definitely resonate with that. Like bringing almost like a, it's a curiosity, right, to what you're experiencing. It's just being Absolutely. curious um, and letting it kind of take you on a bit of a journey. So say we're in that practice where something's come up for us and, and we're sitting and just observing it, right, rather than defaulting yeah. to go elsewhere. And I love that visual you just said where uh, when it's coming from the inside out, it's expansive. And when it's coming from the outside in, it, it feels like you're caving in on yourself. Say mm. we're noticing or experiencing that uh, outside-in effect, right? We're feeling that yeah. like compressive, um, like we're caving in that those emotions in in that moment. Do you kind of have any tips or anything you utilize that you find really useful to shift that energy so we come from the inside out? Are there any 
specific types of meditations you like to use or mantras mm. or practices just in general? I mean, I know everyone's different, but I'm always curious yeah. to hear what works for people. Yeah, yeah, everyone is different. What works for me, uh, it's taken a while for me to kind of find my groove with it. I find talking it out is really helpful for me. Now, that is not the tool for everybody because, like I said, sometimes when we talk it out, we get swayed by other people's opinions. I've got a trusted group of, well, not group, maybe a couple of people who I use as sounding boards and they know that that's their role because sometimes when I hear myself say stuff out loud, that's when I get that, oh, yeah, that feels good or, oh, no, that doesn't feel so great. I'm right? saying sometimes yeah. yeah so sometimes the sounding board's great with a person if I don't have a person um sometimes I just talk to myself um either in like a voice <laughs> no note shame app, no shame in that <laughs> voice note app, or I pretend I'm podcasting <laughs> I just kind of like talk it out otherwise journaling is also really helpful for me if it feels like stuck energy if it feels like me over analyzing which I'm prone to doing overthinking trying to attach meaning and logic to everything if I find myself in a state like that I find moving my body the best way to kind Mm -hmm. of move that energy through me so I will you know either um go for a walk or go for a swim or go to a yoga class and just sort of move the emotion through me yeah 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 I've definitely found power in that before too when you I don't know if anyone listening is feeling this right now but you can actually feel like the energy is stuck somewhere. I mean, sometimes that manifests in the form of like an actual physical ailment or pain, um, but but actually doing something to move the energy sometimes just gives you that clarity in and of itself, which is quite interesting. Absolutely, yeah. Um, one thing that came to mind when I was thinking about our conversation today and one thing I'm interested to hear your thoughts on is striking a balance between having this intuition And then also having critical thinking because intuition for me is often beyond the rational analytical mind. It's, it's Mm -hmm. a deep knowing it's emotional. We feel it in the body, right? There's obviously a place for rational and analytical thinking. And so we don't want to be in a position where, I mean, I don't know, I guess I'm going to put the question to you. How do we kind of leverage the two or balance the two if, if we even need to, to make well-informed decisions because uh, obviously being solely critical and analytical, I think um, misses out on the beauty of having that intuition, but then I don't know if the same impact happens if we go vice versa. Yeah, <laughs> it's a really good point. I'm not sure if I have a clear answer for you. I guess it depends on the situation. Um, I do think there is a seat at the table for both, but in saying that, I think if you can get the rational, well, I don't know if there's a if there's a black and white answer to this. I'll tell you what I do. I am very much using my rational and logical brain the majority of the time. So I get all of that out and I usually write a pros and cons lists or I write everything out on paper so I can see it. I can see the logical decision. I can see the rational angle. But then I really I look at that and I see the logic behind it and I sit with my intuition and see how that feels. If it doesn't feel right, if it feels off still, I'll always go with my intuition. If my intuition is in line with the logic, then fine. We're, we're you know, on path. But if it's not, I'll either sit with it longer or I'll just go with my intuition on this one. It's never steered me in the wrong direction. And I think this is what's so cool about your intuition. Sometimes you'll make a decision based on it and you don't get the outcome you desired and you'll feel like you made the wrong decision, right? But your intuition is always leading you somewhere. 
And Mm -hmm. that wrong decision, I say that with inverted commas for people listening who can't see me, may appear wrong at first, but it's always going to lead you to a lesson. It's always going to lead you somewhere for your growth and your expansion. So I'm not sure if you can ever get it wrong. When you don't listen to your intuition, it is often you'll look back and go, oh, I knew that. I knew that and I ignored (laughs) it and I didn't trust it right? But that's also helping us with our intuition practice. They're little reminders of, oh yeah, I was right that time and I didn't Mm -hmm. trust it, but next time I'm going to listen. Yeah, absolutely. I think we've all got past experiences where we ignored that inner knowing, that inner nudge, and we thought, oh, I should have listened to myself. And you're right. It does strengthen that trust for future experiences. Um, I just want to say, I really like that I guess, relationship between the analytical process, because I have to agree, I'm quite analytical, but I also consider myself quite intuitive. But making that really um, tangible for people, you've got like that first step where you do your pros and cons, all the rational kind of thinking. And the second step is almost like, if you're the kind of person that's used to soundboarding of others, you could actually flip that and actually just soundboard off your intuition. So you still do the analytical thinking yourself. And then you turn inward and say, okay, how does this make me feel? And I've actually got a really good example in my own personal life where, you know, you kind of, you finish school, you go to uni, you get a job. It's like tick, tick, tick. You're following, you're following the quote unquote trajectory. I went to law school, became a lawyer. I'm still working as a lawyer, but a couple of years ago, around the time I started this podcast, I guess, when I started being curious with other passions of mine, I really had to sit down and go, okay, logically, I've ticked the boxes, you know, I've done the right thing. I'm heading in the right direction. But when I tune into myself, is this what I want to be doing for the rest of my life? And the answer was no. And that wasn't the easiest thing to digest at the beginning because you think, okay, I've quote unquote wasted all this time studying. I have no idea what else I would want to do, you know, and it's not the most comfortable thing. But intuitively, if I asked myself emotionally how I felt about it, it didn't feel like this is the life that was for me. Right. And so that's Mm. kind of why I started this podcast. And I I started a few other things at the time that that really helped me equalize or balance out my interests while I'm kind of working it out and starting these these new paths and journeys. Um, But but I love that call out of asking yourself how you feel, because I think when we talk about intuition, it can be a bit confusing. People like, am I meant to be like hearing my own thoughts? Is it an emotion? <laughs> like, what is it supposed to be? Yeah. And I just think it's like the overall energy and, I, and, you know, even just down to, is it expansive or compressive? Mm. How does it make you feel? It's just the simplest question you can ask. And whatever the knee jerk kind of response is, I think is your intuition. It's that like, yeah, I think so too. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. How would you kind of, um, or how does it show up for you? Is it is it an emotion? Is it a feeling? Is it an energy? Like, just curious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a really good question. Um, for me, it's a it's a combination of a very, very, very clear knowing, and it usually happens very fast for me, which makes me question it because I'm like, hang on, you need to feel into this situation. You need to get to know this person, or you need to 
um, have this experience before you let your intuition chime in. But it's never wrong. It always knows straight off the bat. So I listen to that. And it's also a feeling. A lot of the time for me, and I don't want this to confuse anyone listening because they are two very separate things, but my intuition and my anxiety do tend to get uh, tangled up a little bit. So uh, sometimes it will come through with a physical symptom like anxiety would be, but it's actually my body going, my nervous system going, this isn't right. Get out, get out, get out. And so I'm really fine tuned to that now, but it took me a really long time to realize what was anxiety separate from intuition and what was intuition that felt like anxiety. Yeah, that's really interesting. Do you have any, um, just any top level points of what the difference is for you personally? Yeah, I think like, and this takes a lot of thinking and a lot of journaling, but it's worth it if you can relate to what I'm saying. Anxiety is fear of the unknown, right? It's based either on a past experience that we are using to determine how something's going to turn out in the future or it's a fear of what we can't see in the future and we start stressing about it before it's happened. Now that's anxiety that's not gonna serve you. It's fear-based, right? But when anxiety symptoms show up in my intuition, sometimes it's a racing heart, sometimes it's feeling like something's off. Um, for, for a long time, people would say to me, "George, that's your anxiety. You're just worried about this or you're just worried about that. But it felt deeper when it was my intuition. It felt, yes, like anxiety symptoms, but it was also a deep, deep knowing, not based on a past event, not based on a fear of the future, just based on a really uncomfortable feeling about what was happening in the present moment. And I think that's the difference between regular anxiety and intuition that maybe feels a little bit like anxiety. No, that's interesting. It's like uh, looking at the source of it, right? Like what, what, is it, yeah. what is it grounded in? Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I guess the conversation of intuition is deeply entwined with the concept of manifesting, which is something I've yeah. been, you know, getting into in the last few years. And I know a lot of the listeners really enjoy it as well. To kick off, I guess, the conversation around manifesting, I wanted to ask you, do you uh, have any like really profound stories of either you yourself or someone, you know, uh, <laughs> manifesting something for themselves? I, I always really love hearing other people's experiences with it. Yeah. I mean, I've got so many examples. I don't know about profound, but I can tell you a funny one if you like. Sure. I, um, yeah, this, this is a good one. So it was 2018, I think. Oh, actually, it was 2017, end of 2017. And I really needed a new car. Like it was, it was getting desperate. I needed a new car. And I was working very hard on manifesting it using this particular formula that I use for manifestation. Um, and it took me a couple of months, but I managed to manifest the means to buy a car. So I didn't manifest the car itself, but manifested the money I needed to buy the car. So I bought the car and I'd been working on manifesting a car for what felt like a really long time. I put all of my energy into it and I got this brand new car and I was loving the car. I'd maybe had it two months and I was living in Sydney at the time and the car was parked out on a busy road. And I came out of my house in the morning and there was a congregation of people on the road. And I was like, what are they looking at? What are they looking at? And I sort of get up closer and I see my neighbor's car 
is like smashed to smithereens. Like it was a sardine. And I was like, oh my God, her poor car, what's happened? And then I saw the car in front of it and it was also smashed to smithereens. And I was like, oh my God, there must've been a car, like a pileup of cars in the middle of the night. And then I was like, where's my car? Where did I park my car? Where's my car? And um, the crowd kind of like stood to the side and my car was the second car in a four car pileup. Oh, and no. um, it was squashed into like a tiny, tiny sardine. And a, a oh, car had no. like zoomed down the hill in the middle of the night and like smashed into all of the cars and they were all um, write-offs, right? But I was fully insured. And so I got a brand new car, like the model up from the one I just bought <laughs> again. And I was like, oh God, like I have to turn off the manifesting a car thing because <laughs> it's just going to keep happening you're gonna keep upgrading so, right right so I uh, yeah I manifested two cars in like a three-month period which was which was pretty funny yeah amazing I'm waiting for you to say and then three months later they had a recall and then I got the new model <laughs> I'm oh still that's so good yeah. oh I love that so you yeah, mentioned um you using like your own uh, signature strategy uh, yeah whether whether you want to share that or just in general kind of effective techniques for manifesting. Yeah. Can you just talk no, to let's, us about let's talk about it. Yeah. All right. Let's go. My, let's get into the strategy. Let's go. <laughs> my first book um, that I wrote in 2018, it came out in 2019, was called Make It Happen. Um, and it's been really successful, like international bestseller. Um, and it's because of this particular formula for manifestation. And it's called the manifestation equation. And the equation goes thoughts plus feelings plus actions, plus faith equals successful manifestation. And it's only when all four parts of the equation are working together that manifestation becomes this like really easeful practice for you. So the way that we sort of apply the equation, I mean, there's a whole book written about it, but the the really kind of basic top level approach to it is we have like an intention, something that we want to manifest in our lives. So Erica, do you have like an intention around something that you're sort of calling in at the moment? How specific or granular does it have to be? I I mean, you can be sp- as specific as you like. Um, well, I guess I foresee a future for myself where I'm doing a hybrid of things that I like. So I'm not pinned to one job. I've got a few things on the go and my day is filled of like all these multifaceted parts of who I am as a across my day. Is that too broad? <laughs> it is a little bit broad, but we can work with it. We can work with it. Okay. So Maybe we can do would- making 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 this podcast, I guess, a full time a full time thing. Yeah, okay, let's do that. So what you would do to start is you would write that down as an intention and you'd write it in the present tense as if you already have it, right? So that's already getting you in the mindset of this being something that is a possibility for you, right? So we write it down as an intention in the present tense, and then we start to apply the equation to it. The thoughts part of the equation is sort of saying, are your thoughts day to day aligned with this intention? Yeah. Or are you walking around telling yourself, there's no way I'm going to be able to make this podcast a full-time thing. There's no way this podcast is ever going to be profitable enough for me to do this as a full-time job. If you are in that state, which most of us are when we're trying to bring in something, right, we'll find that our thoughts actually drag us away from that intention. It's starting to, yeah, and block us. It's starting to align those thoughts with what you want to bring in. 
Does that mean you have to be in a positive mindset all of the time? No, I think that's unachievable. But it's catching the thoughts that are misaligned, stopping them and replacing them with thoughts that put you in alignment with that intention. So that's the first part of the equation. The second part of the equation is asking yourself, how am I going to feel when I am working for this podcast full time, making money, supporting myself? So Erica, like what are some of the things that you would feel, do you think, if that was a possibility for you? Very fulfilled, uh, self-empowered. I'd feel this might be a weird one, but like love. I feel like there's just a love yeah. in doing this podcast and being able to do it full time. I feel like I'd just be plugged into that 24-7. Yeah. So the idea with the feelings part of the equation, or actually all four four parts of the equation are based on a set of universal laws. So the thoughts part is based on the law of attraction, which most people have heard of. Positive thoughts create a positive outcome, negative thoughts create a negative outcome. The feelings part of the equation is based on the law of vibration. And the law of vibration states that everything in the universe vibrates on its own frequency and things with a similar frequency are drawn together. And to get that vibrational frequency shifting within you, it all comes down to how you feel, right? So I would encourage you to be feeling the feelings of love and fulfillment and everything that you feel like that podcast is going to bring to you right now right now before it's already happened that starts to change your vibrational frequency and puts you in alignment with the frequency of those feelings if that intention was to manifest right mm -hmm. then we get to the action component i think it's the easiest part of the equation it's you and the piece that you play yeah in your manifestation what actions can I take to get one step closer to this intention manifesting? And, you know, I mean, the book takes you through like all the different facets of that, but it's basically like what tiny little action steps could I take every day or every week to get myself one step closer? And really mm -hmm. like holding up your end of the bargain because then we get to the fourth part, which is the faith piece. And this comes down to trust, um, surrender, this idea of manifestation really is a co-creation piece between you and the universe and action and surrender is the beautiful dance that you do. I'll take action, but I'm also going to trust that I'm being supported by something greater than me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if it's not this thing that manifests, it's because something better is on the way. Yes. Because here's the thing with manifestation, your self-worth and your ability to manifest are directly correlated. So you'll probably find this for yourself and everyone listening in the areas of your life where you have quite a high level of self-worth, you'll find it really easy to manifest things. They just sort of happen really easily. And in the areas of your life where you feel less deserving of things and your self-worth is a little bit lower, you'll probably find it quite challenging to manifest in those areas. So having this sort of like deep, deep, deep sense of faith that you're worthy of the things that you're bringing into your life. And if you can't bring them in, it's not because there's anything wrong with you. It's because, you know, maybe there's some limiting beliefs there. Perhaps your thoughts are not aligning. Perhaps you're not in the right vibrational frequency. Perhaps you're not taking the right action steps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. I think, um, I think that's such a great formula, very comprehensive and touches on like everything you would need to be thinking about to kind of bring things to life, particularly that fourth piece of that dance between the action 
and the surrender I think is so mm. important. You know, it's it's only a part of the puzzle to put out there what you want and work on your energy and your thoughts. Like that that piece of surrendering with that inner knowing is so important yeah. because as you said, if you, I think sometimes like, right, you manifest something and it doesn't happen and then you think, okay, well, I'm just not doing it right. But I think sometimes the more correct way to look at it is I manifested something but it wasn't meant for me and so it hasn't come to fruition and it's just surrendering you know even even recently I had uh, a job interview for something that I thought I really wanted and then when it came to crunch time I just said you know what I'm actually just going to fully let go because if it's meant for me it will happen and if it's not meant for me it won't happen and I didn't get the job and now when I look back with hindsight I can I just it actually makes me excited because I think there's something better out there or there's something more fitting for me and my life where I'm at right now. Um, And just kind of speaking about this framework, this formula, do you kind of see or have seen any red flags when it comes to manifesting? And I ask this question with one example in mind, maybe you've got a few more. And that is, do you think being too specific with what you want is a bit of a red flag when it comes to manifesting? Because like you said, what you are projecting is limited to your self-worth. And so if you don't have that maybe more expansive view or you can't see what's actually in store for you, then maybe you're actually limiting that for yourself. So that alongside others, are there kind of any just call out red flags when it comes to manifesting? Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if I'd call them red flags, but I do think the specificity thing's important. I think when we're too specific with the how, the where, the when, the why, we set parameters up that says we're only worthy of what I can see for myself when really it could be so much more, so much bigger, yeah, or it could come in a different fashion. What I do encourage people to be specific about is how they want to feel because does it really matter what it looks like as long as you're getting to the feeling, right? And that's that's why the feelings part of the equation is so uh, important. I think the biggest thing that gets in our way are our limiting beliefs. I mean, we've mentioned it a few times now, but A belief is just a thought we've had over and over again until we believe it to be true. And we have a bunch of limiting beliefs. Half the time, they're not even ours. We've picked them up from our parents, our friends, um, work, society, like whatever it might be, school. Yeah. Um, And they just run on a loop. So really catching yourself in those moments um, and changing your belief. And remember, If a thought is just, if a belief is just a thought we've had over and over again, start thinking within alignment of your intention and then you start Mm -hmm. to believe it. You know, fake it till you make it, I say with manifestation. If you don't believe it, just keep faking it until you start believing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's true. Well, if you think you've had a thought enough times that you now almost just take it on as your own, then arguably you can start to have a new thought, which in time will just become your own anyway. So if you don't like a thought you're having... And, you know, the easiest thing you can do is just ask yourself, is this actually true? And if it's not, then you don't need to adopt that as your own thought and you can create a new thought for yourself. But I think we could probably have a whole other episode on limiting beliefs alone. Um, but I think it's, <laughs> it, it stands to say that, that they are a, um, a little bit of a pain point when it comes to manifesting. And I think even trusting your intuition, right, because if you have some limitations on how you feel or think about yourself, that's going to stand in the way of, of your groundedness and, and, and self-connection. 
Um, yeah. But Jordan, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, speaking about intuition and manifestation. I think we'll have to get you back on, as I said, to maybe go a bit deeper into limiting beliefs. But for anyone listening who can't wait to get their hands on a copy of your book, where's the best place they can go? And I'll pop some links in the show notes. Make it happen available everywhere. Um, I guess online bookstores are probably the best place to get it, but it should be in your local bookstore as well. Um, Higher Love, which is a book about manifestation, but when it comes to dating and relationships, and then Make You Happen is the sequel to Make It Happen, which is about the connection between manifestation and self-awareness. They're both available all over Australia, but if you're not in Australia, then yeah, online bookstores are probably your best bet. Amazing. Well, I'll pop links to that below. Thank you so, so much for your time today. And I look forward to connecting again in the future. Thanks for having me.